went to him. He just has it. Five seconds to go. Bridges for three. Yes! Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast, episode 13. Uh, we're keep going strong. We're here every week doing this thing. So, uh, once again, thank you guys for coming back. Thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't already, please check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast on all three sites. Uh, whatever streaming device you're listening to us on, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, Overcast, Allcast, all those things, whatever you're listening to us on, please like, share, give us a review, five-star ratings or appreciate it all that stuff helps just to get us out a little further so kind of a preview what we're going to do this week we'll touch on a few news topics we got here real quick and then i will go over the good the bad the ugly for michigan's loss in happy valley and then we'll get into our pick em segment which is just becoming more and more defeating for me with every passing minute running away with it and it's kind of getting ugly i'm gonna have to start throwing up some hail marys i think uh, and then we'll talk about the Michigan Notre Dame game and the Penn State Michigan State game. We'll do a quick NFL cover thing because it's just kind of getting ugly anymore. Yeah. And then we'll shut things down and get out of here for the week. So uh, with that, I think we can jump right into our news. The first thing we really wanted to talk about was uh, the Tua injury. Uh, it's kind of the headline news of all college football and. Uh, Rightfully so. When you're talking about injury to a quarterback that's for one of the top four teams in the country, and that's a huge position to lose. So, I mean, he had the surgery, the same surgery that he had last year, which is called the tightrope surgery, where they basically go in to the ankle and they take the two bones in your leg and they make them closer together and they put a screw in it. And it's supposed to help stabilize your ankle and help you recover from those high ankle sprints faster. And everything I've heard and listened to, it sounds like they're saying this is like the equivalent of the Tommy John surgery for a baseball player. Like, oh. it's it's guaranteed to make you better and stronger, but everybody recovers differently from it. You know, it, it can be a two to three week thing. It can be three to four months. It just kind of depends on how you take to it. So obviously he did it last year. With his other ankle, and he was back, I think, in three weeks. Yeah. And said he was 80%. So that's really important because three weeks from this weekend is LSU. Yeah. So they have Arkansas this week, which they've already said he's out for. They have have an idle week, bye week the following week, and then they have LSU. And if he's not healthy for that game, they could get routed. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could very, very, very easily get routed in that game. Yeah. So really big. I mean... I don't know if you watched any of the Tennessee game, but when Mac Jones came in, it was a different offense. Yeah, that's everything I'd heard. It's Mac Jones was not 
not giving Bama fans a warm, fuzzy feeling right now. My, my thought process on Matt Jones is he's the traditional Alabama quarterback that they used to win yeah. all these games with when they had Mark Ingram, when yeah. they had Derrick Henry. Yeah, the A.J. McCarrens, those guys. And they had Trent Richardson. When they had these power running backs that they could feed, mm-hmm. that was the guy that they won with. That's not their offense anymore. No. They need a guy to get it out to all those horses on the outside and let them run. And I don't think he can do that. So if this tour injury lingers... This could be a two-loss Alabama team. Yeah, I mean they gotta they gotta play LSU, they gotta go to Auburn, and they still got potentially an SEC title game. If he's not healthy, they may not make the playoffs. Yeah, that could be the story of the year. Just kind of a massive letdown, right? Well, because their defense hasn't been spectacular. No, their defense. Isn't. I mean they've been solid and they're very good. But mm-hmm. man, if you don't have that centerpiece. It'll be be interesting to see how they look against Arkansas this week. I mean, Mm -hmm. Arkansas is terrible, so they should blow them out even without him. But it'll be interesting just to see what the offense looks like now. Yeah. So, be something, especially with the playoff rankings coming out here soon. You know, it's it's, not a time for this injury to happen. And they always say they take that into consideration, but... Two losses is two losses. Oh, I agree. I mean, so you you can't afford for him to be out for very long. Yeah, because at this point, because we've got how many undefeated teams? Six, seven, I think. Seven. I think there's seven to count. So I mean, you've got seven right now. Because SMU doesn't count. Yeah, SMU doesn't count. But so you've got seven teams. How at this point, say you get four of those, stay undefeated. How can you say a two-loss Bama team? No, no, no way. I mean, there's there's no way. There's no way a one-loss team gets in over an undefeated no. team unless it's a power five, a group of five team. I mean, right. that's the only way. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks here to see. That'll be all the news in college football. So the other thing we had real quick, we'll just breeze over as the World Series started last night. Uh, Nats get the game one win. Scherzer's Scherzer. Yeah, and dude's a tank. I mean, it's a machine. Too bad that the Tigers decided they wanted Miguel Cabrera over him. <laughs> How cool is it that the 2014 Tigers are finally winning their World I Series? I mean, Anibal Sanchez and Verlander. And isn't, uh, wasn't Fernando Rodney on that Tigers team, too? Yeah. Was he on that team, or was I, he after that? Uh, he might have been after that. Yeah, I can't remember. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's just typical Tigers. Typical Detroit. Yeah. Players leave Detroit and get better. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's yeah, way it's sad. Going. It's disheartening. But I love the youth in baseball. As a baseball fan, I love seeing the Juan Sotos. I love seeing the Victor Robles, the Alex Bregmans, Carlos mm-hmm. Perez, all these young guys. I love it. But then it's funny because you look at, the youth and the offense, but then what's winning these games? The veterans starting pitching. Yeah. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Granke, Max Scherzer, Annabelle Sanchez. These are veterans. Mm-hmm. Veteran arms that are getting you there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting dynamic. You know, they have all this young talent that can hit, but not a lot of young arms. The young arms are gone. Yeah. And it's really interesting. So, I mean, you see kind of just a youth movement all the way around. Sports I love it. I love it. You just, everything is evolving. Baseball's evolving. I mean, hockey's evolving. I mean, everything is evolving with this youth movement. And even, it is really even cool the to see. managers in baseball. Yep. I see the Cubs hired David Ross today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy cow. Gabe Kapler, David Ross, Alex yeah. Cora. I mean, the managers in baseball are getting younger. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, and and I think it's, well, I think it's the push of analytics, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the baseball's become so analytical, and I'm an old school baseball guy. I'm not a huge fan of the analytics, so it kind of hurts at my soul a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I mean, it's hard for... I'm just throwing names out, but it's hard for a Bobby Cox, a Lou Pinella, to adjust to 
the analytics side of it. So you yep. need like look Joe Madden going went to the Angels. I mm-hmm. get it, but he was ahead of the times with the yep. analytics side of it, and they still ousted him. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I like I like the youth in baseball. The World Series should be good. Very surprised. The Nets put it on like they did last night. Yeah, that was. Well, they scored about five runs early, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I felt. Or no, it was so. like two-two through four. Because I ended up watching the inning where Scherzer closed the inning out, and he was at like ninety-five pitches at the bottom, of the bottom four in the course of Joe Buck. Uh, is <laughs> was saying, oh, you know, this is how the national or the, the Astros do it. They wear their starter pitchers down and get to the bullpen. Yeah. Get to the bullpen. Speaking to Joe Buck, did you see the shirt yeah. running around social media? <laughs> guy in the front row. I think it was in Houston. Had <laughs> a shirt on that says, "I hate Joe Buck." That was amazing. And then he retweeted. Yeah, he said he shirt. wants a shirt. I mean, I like it. Troll yeah. at your best. It's good for him. But it's awesome. Yeah. So that's that'll be the big thing. Excited to see how the rest of this World Series plays out, and we'll. Uh, We'll monitor the Tua injury as the weeks progress. If you had to take World Series right now, who would you take? Astros. Astros? How many games? Seven. Yeah. Especially losing game one. Yeah. If they won game one, I could see them sweeping it. Yeah. But I think losing game one, I could see it going seven now. Because you're still going to have to beat Verlander twice. Yeah. And you're going to see Cole again. Yep. So. That's not easy. I mean, you, you guarantee Verlander's throwing... 250 pitches to 300 pitches in this World Series. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. Yeah. Because that dude ain't quitting. I love it. He's a he's a bulldog, and I love it. So, yeah, I'd say I'll take the Astros in seven. I'm gonna take the Nats in seven. Yeah. I, I just I don't know if they can pitch enough. I, I don't. Th- Part of me just wants to see something different, which oh, that's okay. one of the things I love about baseball. Oh, the, oh yeah. It's different every year. Every it's year. So good. Yep. Yep, and the, and there's nothing better than postseason baseball. No, the yeah, adrenaline rush of postseason mm-hmm. baseball. Even when you don't have a dog in the fight, mm-hmm. the adrenaline rush is uncomparable. I mean, I I can see it, man. You're giddy just oh, talking it. about I it, man. It. I wish, I, and I had, didn't follow baseball as much this year, just because the one of the Tigers sucked, and I didn't have fantasy teams, and yeah, and I don't like that I didn't, but I still follow it through the grapevine, obviously, oh, yeah. but didn't watch as much, so. our new segment, so I think we'll go ahead and roll into our good, the bad, and the ugly. Obviously, Michigan State was off, so we'll uh, we'll just do the Michigan loss in Happy Valley, and Lane texted me earlier and said, so you're going to exercise any demons again this week, and I told him I don't know, because I haven't talked about this game. I mean, mm-hmm. every time I run through it in my head, I get mad, and then I think, well, yeah, but, and then, well, yeah, but, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. So, I didn't write down good, bad, and ugly, because I don't think I really need to, but obviously, the ugly part was the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, we come out of the first quarter, and I was texting you. Just, mm-hmm. like, they just, I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's a hardball thing, I don't know if it's just a Michigan thing, but we cannot come out on the road and play a good first quarter. Mm-hmm. It was something like 77-6 to six or something like that. Michigan's been outscored in the first quarter under Harbaugh. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. no wonder you can't win a road game. Mm-hmm. Gotta come out of the gates hot on the road. Now, good news going forward. Your next two, only other two road games are Maryland and Indiana. So, teams that you out-talent, so you should win. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but... Right. You just can't keep coming out flat in these mm-hmm. these road games. 
Uh, the bad thing for me is it's Don Brown still. Death, taxes, and Don Brown with safeties <laughs> one-on-one with yeah. slot receivers. Like, yeah. And I understand the second one where Metellus got burnt was a, was a blown coverage. They needed to call a timeout yeah. because Penn State went tempo there, and they caught, them, they caught them on their back foot, and there was supposed to be a safety over the top that didn't get there because they just didn't get the play call around, but that's on Don Brown. Mm-hmm. Call a timeout there. That changed the entire game. It was 21-14, and you were just you had them stopped. Mm-hmm. And then you throw that over the top, and it changes the whole game. Mm-hmm. All because of a blown coverage. So call a timeout. I'll, I'll admit, Don Brown's still adapting. They played a lot of zone. Yeah. And that defense in general, they played extremely well. Yeah, they did. And outside of the first quarter, and even that, it's aided by a very obvious offensive pass interference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame officials for this game at all. We should have played better. But that's seven points that legitimately was put on the board. That Friar move touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah. The obvious push-off. But the first quarter, you spot him 21 points. Yeah. Every big game, Don Brown's defenses that are supposed to be so good, 28 points, 35 points, 60-whatever points. I mean, it's every game. So it's, the bat is still there. It's still Don Brown. Can you win a big game on the road? Because we all know you can win at home. It's... When, for whatever reason. And at this point, it doesn't even matter if you went home. You're supposed to win at home. Sure, it's, absolutely. I mean, it's it's bad. So the good is I saw heart. Yeah. I mean, this this team fought back because they were down 21 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I texted you, and it went up 21 nothing. I said, that's ball game. Yeah. This game's over. They're getting their asses kicked. Nobody's trying. Nobody's fighting. And then, by God, the defense came out, started punching them in the mouth. And they got nasty, and they got aggressive, and a couple three and outs, and we got a touchdown before half. And then they come right out, and you think, okay, got to stop them, because if they score here, it's going to be an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Stopped them, went down and scored. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. a little momentum. Shea Patterson, as much as he struggled in the first quarter, and probably the first four to five minutes of the second quarter, the rest of the game, he balled out. You know, and I, and I think for, like you said, they showed heart for the, and to me, I feel like for the first time you actually saw Shea Patterson say, this is my team. Yep. I, it was reminiscent of the Notre, or the Northwestern game last year. Yeah. They got down 17 nothing last year against, at Northwestern, and he said, okay, come on. And mm-hmm. he put the team on his back, and he won that game. Mm-hmm. You could say that he could that he basically won this game. Even, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, one. it's you had two different games basically. Yeah, the yeah. first half, Penn State. Second half was all Michigan. I, I mean, mean, it was, and the stat lines drastically show mm-hmm. that. I mean, they dominated in every stat category except for the one that mattered. Yeah, the score. Mm-hmm. So I give Shea credit, and then he was at immediate availability. I think yesterday. And he said, you know, I've been dealing with injury stuff all year, and Saturday was the first time I felt 100% healthy. So, and, you know, they always say that they're not hurt when they are hurt. It's, right. That's the whole thing about it, and I just think it's stupid. If you're dealing with something, you're dealing with something, just say it. Yeah. But he flat out said it's the first time I felt 100% healthy, and it, it did look like it. Yeah. Now, he still has his bad tendencies where he throws off his back foot a lot, and he tries to bail out of clean pockets a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the nature of the beast. Like, you're, you're going to have to deal with that with Shea Patterson yeah. because his natural instinct is to get out of the pocket and move. Mm-hmm. But I had another good thing is 
Josh Gaddis called a beautiful game. Yeah. He adjusted to what Penn State was doing because they were blitzing. They they Don Browned us. They pinned oh, yeah, their ears back, and they came with it. Mm-hmm. And he adjusted to it. He said, okay, you're going to send that blitz from the boundary. He hit a couple bubble screens. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Bell made some great plays Yeah, before, obviously, he got criticized and blown up for that drop. Of all the people on that team, he's the last person anybody should be criticizing because yeah. that kid has played his ass off all year. Mm-hmm. All year. He has been our most consistent player over anybody in that offense because anytime we need to play, he's the guy to do it. The, the football gods just did not love him on that drop because he did not deserve that drop. That drop should have happened to somebody else that was mm-hmm. being lazy and wasn't playing good and because he that kid balled out. So anybody that's got negative shit to say about Ronnie Bell can get the hell out because that kid yeah. does not deserve it one bit. And that and I mean that really just showed like an ugly side of college athletics this past week. It's just you know being. A, you know, I don't care for Michigan at all, and obviously we we know this with this podcast. But like, it's a nineteen year old kid, twenty year old kid that's probably accomplished more in his life at twenty than half of these trolls have in their entire lives. Yep. And it's and I, I mean it's not just college; it's no, sports in it's, general. Sports in general. And I, I forget who it was that said it, but it's every fan base. It's mm-hmm. not just Michigan. Oh fans. no, ninety five percent of all fan bases are fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're passionate, and some have bad things to say, and but there's that five percent of every fan base that you're just like you. Yep, you're the people that nobody wants around. I don't want to be associated with the people that say those things. Yeah, I say some things in the privacy of my own home, mm-hmm. but I would never tweet them. Yeah, no, I would never put them out there because that's that's, that's just you have a filter. You, yeah, there's certain things you just don't do, mm-hmm. and I feel for Ronnie Bell, and I hope that. I hope that this team rallies behind him on the field like they have in social media and in public because they have all stood behind him, coaches and everything. And, I mean, so one of two things can happen with this. Michigan can either turtle and call it a season because you you can't make the playoff. That's gone, barring catastrophes all around college football. And the Big Ten title is mostly gone. I mean, there is a sliver of a chance that you make the the Big Ten title game. Like, I, I wrote it down just to see. There's like I literally think there's one way. Michigan obviously wins out. They have to beat Notre Dame. They don't have to beat Notre Dame. That game doesn't matter for the Big right. Ten. But you got to beat Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State. Then you need Wisconsin to win this weekend against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then you need Penn State to – or you need Ohio State to beat Penn State and then you beat Ohio State, and then you need Michigan State to beat Penn State this weekend, and Minnesota to beat Penn State next weekend, and then Penn State has to beat Ohio State. So it's like, you that's the only scenario that's that's you're So you're talking, there's a 99.9% chance you're not getting to the Big Ten title game. So you have one thing to play for, and that's your own personal pride. Yep. So are you proud? Because you got your three biggest rivals still on your schedule, mm-hmm. and you can win out in this season. Be nine, or you can be nine and two, and it wins against Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And you can't tell me there's a Michigan fan in the country that'd be pissed about that. No, absolutely not. So buckle up your chin straps. 
mm-hmm. put your put your put your shit on the table. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. You can either define yourself as a team and say, "Hey, we got this offense. We turned a corner because that second half, that's yeah. the offense that we all expected to see. Yeah, it was there. So that if they bring, speed and space. If they bring that out, you can't convince me that they should be in every game. No, and we'll see Saturday. And we will know Saturday at kickoff what this team will do the rest of the year. I will be able to predict the rest of their season Saturday at kickoff. If they go out and beat Notre Dame, like in my opinion at home they should, and they do it convincingly like I think they could, then we'll know the rest of the season they got a chance. But if not, this is an 8-4 best, 7-5 worst team. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, this team can either run the table to Ohio State and fight Ohio State, or they can lose to Notre Dame. They can... Beat Maryland and Indiana, play a dogfight, ugly game at Michigan State, and get blown out by Ohio State again. Mm-hmm. So, it, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what else to say about it. I felt like coming out of that game, you know, there's no moral victories in college because it's just not the NFL. Right. There's there's moral games where you know, yeah, we did this and that, but college <laughs> the <Lions is>, season. <laughs> right, we'll get there to that, but. That's the best I felt out of a loss in a long time. Oh yeah, I think you have to feel good coming out of that loss. I <laughs> the best I felt of a loss that basically ended your season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you would have to. I mean, at the same time, like you said, now you can you can realistically say let's just focus game at a time again. Let's not overlook anything. Let's come out. Let's ball out every game. Let's treat every game like it's the last one and you have to and you control in at this point you 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 can control your own destiny, but it's your destiny's a long shot. If you win, if you win out at least then you set you set the precedent that we are quitting. Yeah. We 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 still want to win. I mean it's gut check time. Yeah. It is. It's gut check time. We'll see. Saturday will tell us a lot. And then you just got to grow and get better. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do at this point. If they, You can't let one loss turn into two. No. Because that Penn State game, as deflating as it ends up being, it, it can turn into two losses and you can't let that happen. Got to use that game as your battle cry. Yep. I agree. 100%. So we'll see. Any other thoughts on Michigan? No. Anything before we wrap this segment up? No. I mean, you've we really touched on it. I... I don't think there's too much more to say. I think, like you said, the Michigan in a loss did look good. I mean, second half looked really good. Um, you did see, and maybe Gaddis has finally figured it out offensively. Um, maybe it's all starting to click now for him and his players. I think it's clicking for everybody. Um, and I mean, you guys. I mean, you guys have got a freaking dog of a schedule for the next. Doesn't get months, any easier. But I mean, you got Notre Dame this weekend, which that's. That's going to be another big test. I mean, it's going to show us Notre Dame as good as advertised, or, I mean, can you guys realistically pull it out and run the table the rest of the season? Right. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. Saturday will tell the story. Yeah, Saturday night. All right, I think that'll wrap up our good, the bad, and the ugly segment. It is that time again. 
if I'm introducing us to this segment, means I won again. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp. So last week, uh, Jordan and I, uh, I went nine and five. Jordan went eight and six, respectively. So for me, that opens up a five-game lead in our pick'em segments. Gonna have to start shooting hail marys here. Jordan's gonna. Jordan's going to start pulling some uh, games out, I feel like. going to get this a little closer. Uh, so overall records right now, 93 and 35. Jordan's 88 and 40. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into week nine pick'em. Uh, first game on the docket is noon, Iowa at Northwestern. Yeah, Iowa's minus 10 here. Um, this is going to be an ugly game to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about two offenses that are struggling against two pretty good defenses. I don't know how Iowa covers 10 points. Yeah, I don't know either. I'll take the Hawkeyes, but ugh, I do not want to watch any of this game. 17-14. Did you give them that many points? I was in that many. I'll bet the under. I'll say 7-3. I mean, that could be atrocious. They're in Northwestern, and it's supposed to rain all weekend. So, I mean, that could be just... That could be an awful game Three to watch. Zero. Yeah, no shit. Double overtime. <laughs> so the next game we got then is Illinois at Purdue. Purdue's minus nine and a half here at home. After Illinois coming off that high of a win and they played Michigan tough. I mean, I don't know. What do you? Where's your head at with this? You said nine and a half. Purdue's minus nine and a half. I thought that was big. With that is Rondell Moore still supposedly not playing. Cindelar's not playing. I mean, I know Jake Plummer's played well and David Bell played well last week, but man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Purdue. Um, I just I don't know if I can trust Lovey Smith on the road. The beard is so magnificent. It it's is. a beard podcast. I know it's. It's a magnificent beard, dare I say a beautiful beard. Oh, it's it's glorious. It's glorious. Cue the Bobby Roode music. <laughs> so I'm taking the Illini. Are you? They're healthy. They're scrappy. Transfer you. E-matter, baby. I just love saying that name. <laughs> it's a great name. So I'm th- I'll take the Illini on the road. I'm not giving those bottles. I mean, gladly take the nine and a half points. But, yeah. So... It's the next game. Difference number one. Yes, there's one. That's My comeback starts in West Lafayette. Never thought I'd say those words. <laughs> so the next game, I texted Lane this morning. I'm like, you want to know the most crazy stat line of the week? And it was Rutgers at home versus Liberty. And Rutgers is minus, or Liberty, sorry, is minus seven and a half. Rutgers is getting a touchdown and a hook at home versus Liberty. The Hughes Freeze led Liberty. I wonder if he's out of the hospital bed yet. I don't know. He was coaching games from the hospital bed in the booth earlier this season. He was? You didn't, you didn't hear about that? No. Oh, yeah. He was calling games from the booth in a hospital bed because he was so sick. Yeah. Bad, bad stuff. Holy Typical hell. Hugh Freeze. So... <laughs> Liberty minus seven and a half. Liberty is five and two. And their two losses are to power five teams. So I know you haven't picked them. Are you gonna take the Scarlet Knights? Oh and that abysmalness that is you know at one point last week they had more interceptions than passing yards? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take Liberty. Yeah, I got Liberty too. I I mean even in, even at Rutgers, that team is a debacle, which bad. new rumor for the coaching circles is Joe Moorhead. To Rutgers mm. because it's sounding like he's not a fit down in Mississippi. He's an East Coast guy. 
Sounds like Shiano and Joe Moorhead are the leading candidates for that job. Shiano originally left Rutgers, didn't he? He, that's he, had, where he had Ray Rice. And yeah, he had Ray Rice. Rice. The one time Rutgers was good that wasn't in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real talk. So, Keep it real. Next game, Mississippi State at Texas A&M. Your Aggies are minus 10 and a half. Uh, this is two teams that just... Can't get out of their own way. I mean, no. Texas A&M, you thought during the beginning of the year they were going to be the best 8-4 team ever, and I definitely don't see that. Jodo's got a lot of work to do yet, but what do you got? A&M. Yeah, I'll take the Aggies at home especially, but I don't think that'll, that'll be another game that's not going to be fun to watch. No. Last noon game. This, this is, is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an interesting, very, very interesting game. So Wisconsin going to the shoe in Columbus. Ohio State's minus 14. Two touchdowns. Wisconsin coming off that. Lost to Illinois where they just, again, couldn't get out of their own way. Kept yeah. making mistakes, fumbles, interceptions. Ohio State, by far, this will be the best team they've played yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a potential Big Ten championship preview because you would think yeah. these two teams are probably the front runners for it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that Wisconsin defense can slow down the offense. I mean, and Ohio State's weakness last year was run defense. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't stop the run. So, but obviously they've simplified things and their defense looks a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll be interesting. It'll be It'll be a good storyteller for both teams. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn a lot about both teams, but I think in the shoe is too much. I'll take Ohio State. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio State as well. I personally think Ohio State runs the table from here on out. Yeah, yeah. I, Do you think they steamroll this game and cover the 14, or is it closer? I think they cover. Really? I really think Wisconsin is really gonna. Start questioning. I think Wisconsin is going to do everything they can do to jump this game up. I think they're they need gonna, to. They're going to do everything they can do to get. I mean, Jonathan Taylor might have thirty-five carries. They're. I mean, they're going to try everything they can do to keep that offense off the field. So. Well, what better draft stock for Jonathan Taylor than come out and this ball is, out? Yep. Yeah. Could be a Heisman candidate moment for Justin Fields or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, big game. So. Uh, next game, Indiana at Nebraska. Indiana's minus two on the road. <laughs> Hoosiers are favored in Lincoln. <laughs> what does that say about your Nebraska pick? About as good as my Northwestern pick. <laughs> That's what it says. It's doo-doo. <laughs> Where are you at with this game? So you said Indiana two and a half. Um, is Martina Southie? I haven't, I haven't heard. Why don't you go ahead, and I want to look real quick. Yeah, uh, I don't think it matters. I think Nebraska is in shambles right now. Their defense is still poop, and Indiana seems to be hitting a stride. I like Michael Penix. I like, uh, what's his name, Watt Fillier. Mm-hmm. That kid is a talented wide receiver, so I'll take the Hoosiers. you can take IU on the road? On the road, the Hoosiers. Um, I'm going to still stick with Nebraska. I'm going to take, take the big red. Another one bites the dust there. we got another chance for me to make up ground. So, next game, Maryland at Minnesota. The undefeated Minnesota Golden Gold. Roll the boat! Yeah, PJ's rolling it down there, or up there in Minnesota. So, Minnesota's minus 16.5 against Maryland. I think they cover. Yeah. They've been pressed, and they get better every week. They do what teams are supposed to do. They just win, and they get better every week. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm taking Minnesota as well. That, to me, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of where PJ Flex name is going to start 
You, you would think bigger programs would come sniffing around because they, I mean, they stay if they don't fall off a cliff here. So and say I mean that's I know we're just doing the pick'em segment, but say speculation. Say the USC job does open up. California has that ruling for kids to start making money. What better guy? Outside of like Urban or somebody like that, PJ Fleck to come in there, start building your program. Say, oh hey, by the way, we got this kick-ass program, and you can start making some money. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I think if the USC job does open up, he'd be on the list. I, but think, I think there's four or five guys in front of him. Yeah, I don't think he. I, I don't think this year he necessarily goes unless there's just an offer that's too good to refuse, or there's some job that. Just pops up out of nowhere that nobody saw coming. Yeah. He'll be a name on the list coming up soon, though, from mm-hmm. different places. Uh, next game we got <laughs> the game of the year. This looked like a decent game, yeah. and then coming down now, it's like ew. Syracuse at Florida State. Florida State's minus ten. I don't know how they can get a minus ten spread from Vegas, but they do. Um, I have no idea. Where? What are you? Where are you leaning at? The Seminoles. Yeah, I, uh, that was kind of my gut, too, at home. I think I'll take Florida State, too. Mm-hmm. But, God, I could see either team winning that game. <laughs> it's just ugly. And Florida State. So what it could have should have bowl. Yeah. All right. Let's skip that next game because, I mean, that's one I want to talk a little bit more about. We go down to the basketball rivalry, Duke at North Carolina. North Carolina's minus three and a half. I'll take the Tar Heels, and I think they actually cover and Mm -hmm. win convincingly. Yeah, I do too. I I really like what Mac Brown is doing at North Carolina right now. Yep, I agree completely. Moving on, South Carolina at Tennessee. Oh. South Carolina's been playing a lot better lately. Tennessee just took Bama to the wire-ish. Minus two. Uh, South Carolina's minus four on the road. So, I'm taking the Volunteers. At home, Jimmy Pruitt's team seems to be hitting a stride a little bit. I'm going to take the Volunteers. Their defense is pretty, pretty good. They're starting to play better. Um, God. Oh, sure to research this one more. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. I don't, I don't necessarily trust Muschamp's team as much, but having that being said, they did just win at Georgia, and they played Florida tough. And they played Florida tough. Um, I'm going to go South Carolina. I'm changing it. Changing it up. Okay, mm-hmm. so locked in final answer then before I give you my last point. Final answer. So the only the main reason I went Tennessee is because of the body blow factor on South Carolina. Like he said they just played Georgia, they just played Florida back to back. They got to be beat up and tired, and then you got to go on the road to Tennessee. It's True. a tough place, a tough tough place to get done after all that. True. So I got the volunteers. All right, Pac-12 after dark. Washington State at Oregon. Oregon really starting to rise as the cream of the Pac-12. Oregon's minus fourteen. I think it's. 28, something like that. Yeah. I I'm, take the Ducks big. Yeah, I'm taking Ducks big as well. Okay, we'll double back to the 330. Auburn at LSU. Fun one. LSU's minus 10.5 here. Their people are loving the Tigers, the LSU Tigers, that is. Obviously, at Death Valley, it's not a night game, 330 game, so it's not at night. So that benefits Auburn a little bit. 
I just don't know if Auburn has the offense to score with LSU. LSU's proven they're going to score on everybody. Mm-hmm. So can Auburn score with them is the biggest thing. I mean, they'll slow them down, and I think LSU doesn't obviously get into the 40s like they have been, but yeah. I don't think Auburn can get to the 30s. You know, so I, yeah. I, I'm taking LSU, and I'm taking them to cover. During right. 10 plus, I'd, I'd lay 14. Yeah. I mean, I'm comfortable with that at home. Man, to me, this this game has the feelings of a trap game for LSU. I, I mean, it really does. I mean, Bama. Auburn's, Auburn's a good team. Auburn's a very good team. And I've been a Bo Nix. I've been a Bo Lever. Mm-hmm. So, Bo but I just don't think the offense is there for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking LSU as well. Um, but, no, I, I really feel like that could be a trap game if they're not overlooking – Auburn, which is crazy to think they could do because Auburn is a very good team. Sure. To overlook them for Bama in a few weeks, licking their chops, thinking, you know, if Tua doesn't play, we we could become the number one team in the nation. Sure. Yeah. No, it's I get it. It'll be interesting. I'll be like, like to sit and watch that game before the Michigan game starts. So that'll be a good one. Uh, why don't we go ahead and do Penn State at Michigan State first? <laughs> Penn State's only minus six and a half in East Lansing. Really? Yeah. The, I was, and that spread was actually higher. It's come down. Really? Yeah. So there's Vegas is pointing to something in East Lansing. And I think it's a lot of the history thing because Michigan mm-hmm. State seemed to have Penn State's number lately. Yeah. Where are you at with it? Give us your rundown, your thoughts. So this one is it's a tricky game because, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to think that Sparty got a bye week last week so they could try and get healthy, try and get things figured out. I think the Michigan game is very hard even on Penn State because that second half, I think Michigan showed, hey, this is how you beat them. And I, I'm still really nervous about that offense. I don't know what we're going to see. I would hope that you have a week you can kind of gather your stuff and kind of get game plans figured out and you kind of start seeing what's going on. And um, I'm going to take Sparty at home. I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. Uh, I think it's going to be like a 17-13 kind of game. I don't – it's even painful for me to say Sparty scores 17 points the way they've, <laughs> the way they've been showing it right now. Um, as a side note, kind of, we've kind of talked about last week about Antonio needs to go. Interesting stat or interesting thing I read about today, if he sticks through the end of the year – he gets like, I think it's like a four and a half million dollar bonus. Or really? Something. Like he gets oh, wow. paid if nice. he stays through January. Good for him. So <laughs> when we talked about maybe change at the at the helm, I don't think that's going to happen because of that reason. But without that being said, I I hope they're healthy enough. I hope they're prepared. Michigan, I feel like helped us a lot last week because they showed us how you can beat them, what you need to do to beat them offensively, what needs to be done. Um, I hope. Sparty has each drive is an eight and a half minute drive because I think that's how you're going to beat them because they show that they've got the speed to beat you. All they like sorts to hit of home runs. Yeah, they, they're a home run hitting team, and I think if we can take the air out of the ball and have eight and a half minute possessions without stupid penalties, without turnovers, I think we got a shot. And I'm I am going to take Sparty at home. Ooh, I like it. So to help feed your 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 pick there a little bit. Forecasting East Lansing for Saturday. 
high of 53 and a low of 32. Ooh. With rain on and off all day, getting steadier as the day goes on. So 60% chance of rain all day long. That helps and this is a 3.30 game, so throughout the day and into the night, it's just going to rain, get muddy and sloppy. So that that, that plays into your narrative. Um, obviously, Vegas is seeing something here with this being less than a touchdown game. And I think it's because both defenses are pretty good. And they're, they're attributing to the fact that Michigan State can – Eliminate those home run plays, so I think they have to because oh. I don't trust the offense. Um, but I just think that I mean Indiana exposed Michigan State secondary, mm-hmm. and KJ Hamler is something that Indiana doesn't have. Yeah. So and I, I gotta take Penn State. I mean I think it's not gonna be a lot, but I could see him winning a 17-3, 17-10 kind of game. Yeah, I don't, I don't by any stretch the imagination I don't see this being a pretty game at all but having that being said I didn't think Ohio State game was either and that got up here real quick yeah. so it just depends on what team wants to show up mm-hmm. I agree so uh last pick prime time Saturday night under the lights the big house old rivals Notre Dame at Michigan to queue up Bo Schembecker to hell with Notre Dame to hell with Notre Dame so if you don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, sure. I'll take my pick, so then you can kind of give what you're thinking. I like it. Um, so, like I, we were talking about in the good, bad, and the ugly, what Michigan team are you going to get this week? What Do we have a spread on it right now? Uh, Michigan minus one. Ooh, so. That's a pick them. It's just pick them. Um, Started out Michigan minus four. So Vegas did know something. It's gone down. The public's bet it down, I think. God, I, man, this is a, this is a real tough one because I, for every positive that I see Michigan winning, I take Notre Dame the same way. Um, I think because Notre Dame's what eight right now, eight nation. I think seven or eight. Seven or eight. Um, I am unfortunately going to take the Fighting Irish. Um, that pains me to say that, but I do have a joke to make you feel better. Oh, God, here we go. So my dad said to me once, he goes, son, did you know that not all assholes are Notre Dame fans, but all Notre Dame fans are assholes. I like it. I'm kidding. Hi, best friend. Few few Notre Dame fans out there. I'm sorry. I love you guys. You, you know what? Honestly, I have a lot of friends that are Notre Dame fans, and they're a lot more tolerable than a lot of Michigan State and Ohio State fans. Oh, God, yeah. I, yeah. The Ohio State fans are in their own stratosphere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just awful human beings, <laughs> like a very large portion of them. And the Michigan State fans, to me, are a step below that. Whoa. It's a big step. It's a big step. <laughs> but there, there are some Michigan State fans that are very ignorant. Oh, absolutely. And, like, Michigan's still better, trust me. We have terrible fans too but that Notre Dame to me is better than all of them so um what you got buddy uh, I'm gonna take Michigan at home um and I, the, the only reason is because it's at home I'm I'm just I thought I felt very reassured by the second half of that game in Happy Valley and I felt like Michigan was the better team yeah. In that game, and they just they started out slow. And traditionally, they haven't done that at home. Traditionally, at home, they've come out, played well at home. And 
and they've been, they've been a better team. So this offense continues to find itself. And obviously Vegas sees the same thing with Michigan even being favored. And mm-hmm. you got number 20 Michigan and number 8 Notre Dame. So there's a big difference in the rankings. Notre Dame's only losses at Georgia where they competed very well. But right now, what is Georgia? Yeah. They just struggled with Kentucky, mm-hmm. who played a wide receiver at quarterback because they have no quarterback. And Georgia struggled with them. Yeah. So, I mean, what is Georgia? Mm-hmm. So, I see this game a lot like last year in South Bend. It just, Michigan doesn't get out to that slow start they got out yep. to in South Bend. I think they come out a little cleaner. I hope the rain stays away because with Michigan's fumble problems, that does not bode well for them. But i like to see them establish a run game with Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins because I think that really helps their offense flow a little better. And then if Shea Patterson's truly healthy, another 8 to 10 carries for him. That just opens that offense up more. And I, Notre Dame's D, our offense isn't extremely scary. I mean, no, they're not. Ian Books, he's a gamer, so you have that. And then I don't even know if Jafar Armstrong's playing anymore, their running back. He was, he was their running back, but they don't really have a, a home run hitter. Mm-mm. For, on their offense, really. And that's the thing that's beat Michigan, is home run plays. I mean, yeah. no team so far has lulled Michigan into a game. Like, Wisconsin, yeah, that's their style, but no, Jonathan Taylor just hit home runs. Yeah. And Penn State, obviously, that's the only way they scored was home runs. Mm-hmm. So, I don't see Notre Dame creating those those home run plays, and I think the Michigan defense can continue to progress, and they don't have the... Notre Dame doesn't have the athletes like in Ohio State or Penn State to expose what Don Brown wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, I think I'll take Michigan at home, uh, 28-14. I feel I feel pretty that big. I feel pretty comfortable about it. I really do, and I don't know why. I have no reason to. This team's given me no reason to. Well, it's outside of the fact that for two and a half quarters last Saturday they were the better team, and they just spotted 21 points. I mean, well, I think this worries me with Michigan is that defense. That is the only thing that worries me is Don Brown putting those safeties on these slot guys. Yeah, I just don't know if Notre Dame has the athletes to expose it. Yeah, and sadly, I, I mean, with Notre Dame being so close to home, I I haven't paid any attention. To I've them watched there. a little bit of them, and they're good. They're, I mean, it's a Brian Kelly coach team. Yeah, they're a good offense. Ian Book makes plays, but the biggest thing has been they don't have a ton of wide receivers. They have one wide receiver, and I can't remember his name right now. I don't know if it's Claypool, maybe, but I just I don't know if they have the guys to to hit those home runs because that's what's beat Michigan. Yeah, you got to hit some home runs. That's how you beat Don Brown's defense. You hit home runs, so. Yeah, I'll take Michigan at home, and we'll see. So guess what? I counted up while we were talking. Five. Five game difference. It's tied, or it's really bad. Or it's going to get, I can take a week off. Yeah, you legitimately could if I lose them all. So, okay, we'll see. It'll be very, very interesting how this week goes. And, yeah, any other closing thought? Nope. Go green. Okay, so we're going to roll into the last segment here, a little NFL recap after uh, the Lions have another disappointing loss to the Minnesota Vikings where <laughs> they become the Detroit Lions because they <laughs> forgot the D. <laughs> hey yeah, I had to throw that in there. That, that game was hard to watch, man. It's just this is Swiss cheese grater. That defense, once snacks went out. And slid. Delvin Cook just had a field day. Yeah. So... Go ahead, Lane. I'll let you kick into this and give your thoughts and feelings. So, you know, I'm not going to really recap much of the game. I mean, the Vikings 
<laughs> to quote Des Green, were who we thought they were. Um, <laughs> crown their ass! No, it's good. Um, you know, it. we made Kirk Cousins look at, like an all-star, which, you know, actually he's, I think right now he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw, like, it's like five straight games over 300 yards and like four TDs, or it's just some insane stat line. Wow! Like he's ten and like he's thrown like ten touchdowns, one pick in like the past four or five games. Basically, after Thielen called him out for sucking ass, <laughs> he's like turned it around. Which makes me like Thielen a little bit more. Oh yeah, I love him, Thielen. Um, no, I mean it, it. It was a real ugly week. Um, it wasn't a pretty loss. I mean we were we were in it and then. We got in the fourth quarter and we had the stop and we had a safety in a corner where we only had Coleman on digs. We had one safety and we had three linebackers set. And I said to Kendra, I said, watch this, they're going to run play action. And immediately, I said they're going to run play action to digs. Immediately, what do they do? Play action to digs. Cousins just lofts it up right in the bread basket. Game over. So... I guess there's there's multiple things right now. Number one, can I say how friggin' hard is it to be a, a fan of any Michigan sport right now, especially Detroit sports? Yeah. 2014 Tigers are in the World Series right now. You've got Blake Griffin's out for... I said till November or something. Yeah, he's November. out for a while. And then the Wings are on a skid. Lions are on a skid. You can say Michigan is in flux state. Is I don't even want to talk about state, uh, but the one thing I do want to comment on is is the fans of the Lions right now. I think more than anything, I'm more disappointed in the fans of the Lions than the actual team. Um, you know the the one week where you know, hey, we're on the cusp, and then the next week you come out, we're over oh, the worst team in the NFL. Fire Patricia, fire Quinn, like. What do you want? As a Lions fan, what do you want? Because, okay, so we fired, we fired Patricia this year. What are you getting? Yeah. Matt Stafford's got another coach, another coordinator, and Stafford's having a career year right now. Like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be? We're not, obviously, we're not the Patriots level. Obviously, we're not the Packers level. But you know what? We are competing in these games. It's not like it used to be. Like, what do you want as a Lions fan? <laughs> what what ground do you have to stand on to call for more? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you have? Be happy that Stafford's putting together career numbers. Yeah, it sucks. We're losing. I hate it, too. Like, essentially right now we're out of the playoff race. But we have a six-game stretch now where at the beginning of the year we said, if you can finish 500, you've got a shot. Guess what, Lions fans? We finished 500 in this stretch. You've got a shot. Like, what more do you want? But then my question would be is why are they making, like, they did the, the Diggs trade? To me, I think the Diggs trade, so I, I, at first I saw that, I was like, what? Come on. So it's very similar to the Golden Tate trade last year. Golden already said he wasn't going to come back. They had offered him a contract, and Golden turned it down. So they cut Golden loose, which is fine. Diggs was not. He had a couple years left, but I think it was only like two and a half million saved. My hope is that we reel in Chris Harris. There's I've been hearing Von Miller that we could go after. 
because we're trying to pick up late draft stock so we can just front heavy get rid of stuff to try and get somebody big in there to me you know people are freaking out about Diggs, but what has he done other than being a big hitter what has he? What have you been doing for me lately? You miss tackles. You're, you haven't been healthy all season. You're not getting turnovers. All you're trying to. You're not even wrapping up when you're tackling. You're just trying to lower a shoulder into somebody. Breaking news: You're not Ed Reed. You're not Earl Thomas. You're not Cam Chancellor. You're, Cam Chancellor was me. Exactly. You're not those guys. No, granted, he's going to go to Seattle and he'll turn into a free and all pro. Yeah. But you know. Like, as a Lions fan, what do you want? Because one week we're the best team in the world, and the next week we're a horrible team. Right. Like, what? What? Okay, we need to fire Patricia. Okay, who's out there? Yeah. You think you're going to get Lincoln Riley up here? The grass isn't always greener. Exactly. The grass isn't always greener. Matt Patricia is probably one of the most humble coaches out there. They'll flat out and say, yeah, I screwed up. I didn't have my guys ready. But she, the, you gotta have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. I mean, and I will say it's it's disappointing that the performance that that defense put out there because he is a defensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, Snacks went out and Slay went out, and then you said Diggs hasn't been healthy. I mean, Justin Coleman's really been the only bright spot of that whole mm-hmm. defense all year. That dude's been a stud. Yeah, he's balled out. Yeah, he's been worth. He's one of the best pickups of the offseason for any team. I feel like. Yeah. But it, it, it just at the end of the day, as a Lions fan, like. You see some ripping Stafford, which I've said numerous times, I'm not a Stafford fan at all. Like, how is it Stafford's fault that we're giving up over 400 yards a game right now? Yeah, no kidding. So then you then on the flip side of that, what, like, as a, as a fan, what, what do you think we do right now? Do you fire Patricia at this point and say, hey, it's not, not really going our way? You know, you've got the Giants, the Raiders, you got the Bears. And then you've got the Cowboys and you got the Bears again. Yeah, so just point up. So you got New York Giants at home, at Oakland, at Chicago, Dallas at home, at Washington. Oh, Washington, yeah. Chicago at home, then at Minnesota, and then Tampa Bay at home, and then at Denver versus Green Bay. Every single one of those games are winnable. Yeah, Giants. Every single Giants, one. You got to you got to see if if the playoffs are something you realistically want to talk about. The Giants, the Raiders, the Redskins, the Bucks. And at Denver, have to be wins. Mm-hmm. So that's five games you absolutely have to win. It puts you at seven and three and one. Seven three and one. So then you have the coin toss games at Chicago versus Dallas versus Chicago, at Minnesota and at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Go three. Go two and three in there, and you're still sitting at nine six and one. You're wild, you could potentially be a wild card team, right? So it's it's not unrealistic no. at this point. I mean, the games that you should win. And the games that you could win, mm-hmm. you there is a potential to be in the playoffs, even with what it's at. Yeah. The only question mark I have now is Bevel wants this offense to be a run first team, and now carry-on's out. Mm-hmm. So do you just transition back to old Lions, where Stafford's chucking it 55 times a game? You know, I I love me some carry-on Johnson, but he hasn't been good. He's been underwhelming. He's been very underwhelming. So with that first pick this year, are you looking at a running back? Depending on where we're at. I mean, if we finish in top 10 pick, no. I don't think Jonathan Taylor or Entian or J.K. Dobbins are worth it that high. Yeah, I might look at Jonathan Taylor. Catching the ball out of the backfield like he is now, mm-hmm. I might look at that. He he looks to me a lot like Le'Veon Bell. 
the way yeah. the way he rides holes. You know, he does that. Le'Veon's known for sitting behind a line yeah. and finding a hole. Jonathan Taylor is mirroring that, and he's if if he can continue to progress catching the ball out of the backfield. See, I, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I mean, personally, I'm hoping we get like a Grant Delpit or somebody like that. But which we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, that's we'll get to that in April. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's just as a, as a Lions fans, like, come on, guys, like, let's let's quit acting like idiots. Let's say, all right, it's it's a game at a time right now. It's, it's you're in Michigan mode right now. It's very much, hey, let's focus on this game. Let's win this game. Now, if they listen to the Giants, fire everybody. <laughs> I'm not gonna say fire everybody, but I think if you lose to the Giants, you could start training. You can start getting nervous. You start building for next year. I think at that point. Oh yeah, I mean, because now that makes your window that much smaller. Oh yeah, you got to be the Giants. You got to be the Raiders. Yeah, the the margin for error, error, is razor thin right now. Yeah, especially for the Lions, it's razor thin, and that's you're blind if you don't admit that. But to just say that Patricia and all these guys deserve to be fired after this, it's like, come on, you know, we've gone through a lot worse. We had the Jim Schwartz years, we had the beginning of the Jim Caldwell years. Like, come on. Let's be a little realistic here. Grass isn't always greener. You could be like the Cleveland Browns right now. Don't hate on my boy Baker. He's coming around. <laughs> yeah, He'll get there. He's something. Um, somebody, so then, get, somebody get him a beer. Somebody get him a beer. That might be his problem. He's drinking too much of them. Ah, he's not a quitter. <laughs> um, so then, with that all being said, like we talked about Giants coming to the town this week. It's going to be big to see... If Snacks can play, he did practice today. That's good. Which man. is huge. He is so important for that team. Oh, absolutely. Like, you immediately saw. Oh, yeah, there's gaping holes. Right. Sean can only do so much in there by himself. Yeah, and and, and, the fan, and people got to realize, too, we haven't had Mike Daniels since week one. Yeah, is he? He's, he's on track. Yeah. Uh, we get hand back this week, which that's huge. Yeah. Your defense so, is that's banged up. It's banged up. And, like, if we can just get healthy... And this could be the game that you put all together. Yeah, Daniel Jones coming into town. Granted, I don't like the fact that only 9% of the time we're blitzing. We need to correct that because I think that's how you beat Daniel Jones. Scare the shit out of him. Scare the shit out of him. Um, but at the same time, you have to account for Saquon, and they can start doing just little screens, and Saquon will take you to the house in a blink of an eye. Um, so with all that being said, Giants rolling into town. I'm hoping we get... A convincing way to kind of silence some of these fans out there that are, dare say, a giant pain in the ass. Um, I mean, just before I really close out the NFL recap, just uh, just to say to the fans out there, you know what? It's been worse. It could be worse. We could be Miami. We could be Cincinnati. Granted, we've got a lot of talent and it's not producing, but give it time. Rome wasn't built in the day. I mean. Bill Belichick was fired from the Browns people. I mean, and I'm not putting yeah. Patricia on that level. I'm not, there's nobody that comes close to that level. But patience. Like, don't after, even if we finish 500 this year, don't fire Patricia. Don't fire Quinn. It takes time. I mean, in all reality, you could say we are recovering from the Matt Millen era. <laughs> I mean, you okay. really could. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, that was. 10 years ago? 15 years ago? That's got to be at least that by now. I mean, you're still recovering from that. So, I mean, like, and if you're, and if you are gonna, you know, totally bash the Lions, then stop going to games. Stop buying stuff. Like, if you're gonna really, like, put your money where your mouth is, 
I'm just it's those same fans like we mm. talked about with Michigan. It's the, oh, yeah. there's the 95% and then there's the 5%. Mm -hmm. It's that same group. It's always going to be there. They're always going to be the vocal minority yep. because they're the people that just don't give a damn and they'll say whatever they want to say. Yep. So, I mean... I hope for the Lions' sake and for your health that the Lions freaking win this weekend. Because if they lose, I don't know how we're going to record this podcast next week. Because I'm not going to have much hair left. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with all that being said, I guess we can go ahead and start wrapping this, this puppy up. Uh, yep. Like I said, we had a pretty good week, big games this week. Pickums uh, could get interesting. Pickum could get very interesting, could get blown wide open, and I could take a week off or... Might not be able to take any time off for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. um, I don't know, Jordan, any final thoughts about Michigan, Michigan State, Lions, World Sports right now? That's what I got to say. The hell with Notre Dame. <laughs> so, hell with Notre Dame. So, on that note, I'm going to say uh, go green, beat Penn State. Go blue.